This series contains descriptions of grief and illness that some people might find upsetting. There's also some bad language. Poked her head round the door and said, Who are you talking to? And they both pointed. And they were, we're talking to the girl in the curtains. <gasps> I'm Rosie. I believe in ghosts. I'm Tristan, and I don't believe in ghosts. And I'm Sarah. I haven't made up my mind yet. Last year, we put a call out on social media asking for real-life ghost stories. Since then, we've been travelling across the country to visit those who believe they have experienced ghostly goings-on. Welcome to Ghost on Toast. Have you ever had any any experiences that you can't explain? Not necessarily ghostly experiences, but anything you just just can't explain. Weirdly, as someone who like who accepts that ghosts very much could exist, I've not really had anything major. I've definitely gone into my house in particular is quite an old house. It, mm. It's about the the foundations of it are about three hundred years old, and we've definitely had sort of rooms that feel colder than others, or like we've had friends particularly who come and stay who are like I just don't feel right about it. And before you've told them all the details about the house itself, mm. and um, lots of like animals freaking out in the house, and you know, uh, my dad was like, I once saw a light at the end of the corridor. <laughs> was it the bathroom light? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I've actually no, I can't I can't think at the moment of any major experience I've had. I've I've stayed in your family home yeah. on a number of occasions, and there is the room known as the priest room uh, because that is the room that the priest stays in when he he pops over for the night. Not, not anymore. He does live in the UK now. But when he, but a, a family friend who was a priest used to stay in the room, and it's, so it's mm. called the priest. It's room. when I slept in the priest. It, it gives a funny, uh, just a, a weird vibe. Mm. But I don't. I don't know. I you can't explain it. No. Yeah. You I mean, I definitely think that's true. If I could, if from your, you know, there are places that do just have a vibe about them, and you can't always put your finger on it. Mm. And maybe I am. Maybe yeah. I guess maybe I am open to the idea that rooms can have an energy of some kind. But I don't necessarily know that it's. I don't necessarily personally think that it's. Um, there are theories about the energy that rooms can have and yeah, it can it can um, relate to the architecture or it can relate to the acoustics yeah, actually the, the sound, sound the mm. sound that we get if a room is acoustically odd and also because we can't hear all um we, we can't hear everything can we so like buster who is a dog who's in the room right now he can, can he hear sounds that are higher yeah he can hear can? higher pitch sounds we can't we can't hear them but we can uh, pick up those yeah. frequencies we can detect the frequencies without realising so it. there are some theories that maybe when we get a, a strange feeling about a place it could possibly be that there's a sound maybe lower I think it's a low sound that we can't that we can't hear but we are detecting in some way and that could be to do with that feeling that we get in places where we feel there are there are studies uh, where these particularly low frequency sounds yeah. can cause people to actually hallucinate if they're low enough and they're strong enough mm. um, or to feel sick 
and sometimes when groups of people have similar experiences that mm. there's a theory that that can be caused by these sounds there's a um, they did an experiment to make the most soundproof room I think it was in um, Sweden or Norway or somewhere like that and um, people used to go in there and they felt sick like they literally couldn't stay in there for more mm. than it was so silent that they couldn't wow. just sort of why does that make people feel sick because in, we're so used to things always being like slightly noisy we're mm. used to having lots of frequencies around us so when they create it they use like lots of special techniques and lots of like different materials mm. but when you go into it it's like your body freaks out because you can't feel anything mm. also we don't we don't realize that actually we're hearing lots of things i'm, I'm not saying we're we're bats uh, <laughs> but but we subconsciously detect what's around us and if suddenly you're not getting that level of feedback from the sound bouncing off the wall and coming back to you yeah um that just makes you feel very i mean it's almost like being on a on a ship you it's i do get seasick so well don't go in that room because oh. you'll be mm. ear sick mm. i once knocked a it, well i say i knocked a tissue that's me rationalizing it mm. i once knocked over a box of tissues just after i'd woken up in the morning and uh, box of let's, tissues let's not go into details about why the tissues were beside okay. the bed but it's um but i couldn't i was very like sleepy and i just thought that it just flown from the bedside table onto the floor and that i had nothing to do with it and i was like oh ghost and then i was like no you just without thinking just knock that over like with a flailing yeah. hand and i and i rationalize that and that's almost i suppose the opposite of what people that believe if you want to believe in a ghost that happens and you go oh it was a ghost i didn't want to believe in a ghost i wanted to believe that ghosts aren't real and so i went in the opposite direction and went even though I can't physically remember doing that, that's what must have happened. Yeah. Right. The only vaguely supernatural thing that I can say has happened to me, really, is that when I was I was quite young and it was my first boyfriend and we were um, in bed together. Aww. Um In the middle of... So we, we were asleep and in the middle of the night I woke up because he climbed over me and he climbed over me like he sort of... Genu like he you know he sort of really crawled over me like it was quite heavy weight um, and he crawled over to sleep on the other side of the bed so it obviously woke me up and I was like what are you doing but instead of getting to the other side of the bed to go back into bed he crawled down to the bottom of the bed and sort of turned around to face me and crouched just like crouched in the corner of the bed and I was like you know what are you doing so I'd woken up by this point and I um, sort of sat up in bed and I said you know what are you what are you doing and he um didn't reply and i was like uh are you are you sleepwalking like are you asleep are you asleep and then he sort of went he sort of mumbled and he was like mm, yeah what no what and um i continued to have this conversation with him where i was like what are you what are you doing why are you crouching at the end of the bed looking at me um and he just kept mumbling and wasn't making much sense and anyway then suddenly he turns the light on and he's not at the end of the bed at all he completely vanishes. He's actually lying in bed next to me, hasn't moved, he's under the covers. He's been asleep the whole time. And so I freaked out, because I was like, I've just seen you, I've just felt you climb over me, and I've just seen you at the bottom of the bed. And then you've suddenly vanished as the light's gone on, and you're actually next to me, and you claim you haven't moved at all. And he's tucked under the bed, you know. I would rationalize that and be like, well, 
I'd obviously be knocked in my sleep and then somehow I just created an image in my half asleep brain of a person but it, it was it was like it was creepy it was like crouching at the end of the bed but I'd obviously imagined it is is how I explained that or been half asleep or yeah, sleepwalking yourself I remember f- definitely feeling that I was awake because when he switched the light on I didn't suddenly wake up I was like I was terrified and he was terrified because I was so frightened so we I remember we went and had a cup of tea because we couldn't sleep because I was really really frightened like genuinely This week, we're returning to Essex. In episode one, we spoke to Emma, who shared her story about a haunting she experienced growing up with her twin sister. Whilst we were there, we got chatting to her partner, Chris, and it turned out that he'd also experienced something strange during his childhood, which in some ways went on to shape the rest of his life. The other voice you will occasionally hear in this episode is, of course, Emma. Chris, have you ever had any experiences with ghosts? A couple. <laughs> a couple? Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to explain them to us? So my dad, uh, my dad has always been a bit of a wheeler dealer, really. And um, he... He's lovely. He's, he is lovely. He's lovely. But he's sort of, you know, in, in the past, he's sort of bent the truth a little bit. Um, to, to suit. Um, mm-hmm. And he... He'd agreed, he'd agreed to buy this beautiful house with about 10 acres of grounds and you know, the biggest greenhouse you've ever seen in your life. It was ridiculous. Um, and it was, uh, it was basically buying off a lady who had lost her husband and she was moving into a nursing home, hmm. basically. And um, so the story goes that the only reason Dad got the house was because he said he was a cash purchaser and she didn't want to you know it had to go through quickly because she was you know needing 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 money to go into the nursing home and um so um needless to say dad wasn't a cash purchaser it's so bad isn't it <laughs> she i think she actually s- said to my dad if you're lying i'm going to come back and haunt you oh oh really yeah and, right. and obviously through the legal process of doing the house she found out that you know dad had to get a mortgage for not a huge mortgage but mm. it, was, it was you know still necessary and um, anyway there was obviously a bit of kerfuffle about that and we, yeah, it's, it's pretty unethical, but hey, you know, sometimes you just have to do these things. It was a beautiful house, it really was. Um, and, That's what and, and well worth it. Uh, well worth a small lie. It's terrible. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no judgment. So, you know, we moved, we moved in and the, the lady moved into the nursing home and 18 months after we moved in, the lady died. Right. From old age? Yeah. Yeah. Not from um, stress. Not from stress from... <laughs> we can't be sure. We can't be sure. <laughs> no. So thereafter, we used to... There was basically piano music in the house and we didn't have a piano. And this lady was a piano teacher. No way. Did your parents believe it was the woman? Yeah. Because there wasn't any house in like 
close no, proximity. No, it, it, it was like, you know, it was a detached house and the nearest house was like maybe 300 yards away. Ooh. Oh, um, wow. So it was, it was quite strange. Any and particular time of day when they'd hear the music? I think it was, it was usually late in the evening. It was, you know, when they heard piano music, they would go outside as well. See, you know, is it anything outside and it wasn't? And there was one, there was one, there was one room in the house that I never wanted to go into. And there was like, mm. so it was like, there was the huge lounge, and then off the lounge there was a kitchen, and then there was a room in the middle, mm-hmm. sort of in between the hall. There was sort of, it was two rooms deep, and so it was off the hallway. You could get through, mm. through that room to get to the kitchen or through the lounge. Right. Yeah. And this room in the middle, I, I never wanted to go into. Mm-hmm. It just felt horrible. It, you just got like a cold sensation. Just didn't. Just it just felt. Mm. Neither, my, neither me or my brother wanted to go in there. Oh wow! It was like they'd sort of set it up as like a snug type thing, and it and it was far from snug. Put it that way. <laughs> probably the room she kept the piano. Yeah, probably. Dad's <laughs> <laughs> business was going really well, and I think he'd sort of we were basically building this. Uh, Dad wanted to have a swimming pool, so we sort of <laughs> we. He'd sort of dug the foundations and mm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, then things started to go wrong. Um, and there was a huge oak tree that was uh, at the corner of the plot as you came in through the drive. There was this massive tree. And um, uh, in a storm, it basically came down, took the corner of the house off, um, landed on mum. Both, both the cars in the drive and sort of, you know, smashed windows and da 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 da. Oh my gosh. And I, th- I remember Dad saying that he could, there was still piano music being played. <laughs> and, and as the, as the no, three no, 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 I think, I think it, it was like, you know, there was piano music being, that he could hear after the tree had fallen over. <laughs> Well, yeah, then, you know, Dad's business went bust and, oh, uh, wow. and then we moved in with my grandparents. Oh, my gosh. Literally went completely bankrupt. So, um, yeah, we had to sell the house on the day of completion. It was burgled and everything was taken. Like, not, not our stuff. We'd already moved out, but, like, light fittings throughout wow. the whole house God. it was bizarre so they'd taken everything that your family had put in yeah that's weird why yeah. did they do that but it resets cleansing. the house to how it was yeah cleansing yeah. who did it would be the way to mm. you could look at it could oh, look I've at got it. shivers yeah. I just think it's interesting that you were uh, on this sort of trajectory, I can't say that word. Oh, I think I trajectory. Say it. I can't say it either. <laughs> Where you're digging a swimming pool, you're in acres, you started to go to a private school for mm-hmm. the first time, and then you, this is my own narrative, you put, you, you, there's something that happens with an old lady, mm. and then piano music, tree falls through the fucking house and your dad goes bankrupt and then you, he loses everything 
and you end up going to the local state school and you move in with your grandparents mm. and you and your brother share a room and your mum and your dad end up on a sofa bed in the front room yeah. for years. Mm. But in a way, you, when you've been describing it to me, have always put it down to the incident about the house and that maybe it was a relationship between not being fair to the old lady that caused that downfall. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, it could be construed that way, but actually there's just many more things involved, aren't there, like banks. Deep deep down, do you think there is a, a link? I think there could be, mm-hmm. but I just think, you know, in my cynical, aged environment that I live in now, that actually shit happens. Mm. And actually it doesn't necessarily have to belong mm. to that influence. Hmm. Because it, it yeah. you know, would it have happened anyway? We wondered, was it karma or just mere coincidence? Is karma actually more about taking responsibility for your actions and thinking about their consequences? Chris was a young child when all this happened. We wondered whether there had been anything else since. Uh, not until I had my own kids. Oh yeah. Actually, hmm. um, I had a, a, a trouble-free. 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live in London, and we moved out to this area, moved to a little place called Farnham, uh, just outside oh, yeah. Bishop Stortford. And we bought uh, an old farm worker's cottage in the middle of a field. But we not, had, not me, by not, the way. Not, not with Emma. <laughs> this, this was with my ex-wife. Um, and um, so we had children, and we lived there for... Um, probably about five years, something like that. When you have kids, you have monitors mm. that you listen to avidly. Now they've got video things, but we didn't have those then. Like uh, baby monitors, yeah. Yeah, baby monitors. And and we we would occasionally hear footsteps upstairs, and you know they were, you know, this started probably when uh, you know occasionally when we were. Uh, the girls were, you know, babies and whatever, obviously weren't walking or whatever. And, um, and we saw, you know, creaky house and whatever. Um, Old house, pipes. It became, we, we just became more aware of it. Yeah. And you sort of sat down watching TV downstairs and it felt like there were footsteps in the bathroom above our head, basically. Oh my gosh! And that, and it just became more and more. It felt like it became more and more regular. And like there were multiple people. I don't know whether there was multiple people. We didn't hear multiple people, but it would be the one, person, one set of yeah. feet walking up and down. Um, and it and it it wasn't as if it was a light footstep. It mm. was it was. You know, it felt like somebody was wearing boots. So that continued, and I don't know. We were just getting a bit more freaked about this. And so one day we sort of went, oh, stuff this. Let's go upstairs. You were scared, though, weren't you? I was absolutely... (laughs) So you'd heard it for a bit, and you were like, well, one of us should go upstairs. The girls were upstairs. Yeah, just leave your kids up there with it. And I I actually said... Look, I don't want to do you any harm, 
or you know, basically try to confront the spirit. I didn't feel that there was anything there that was going to hurt you, mm. and I, you know, it was sort of really a case of it didn't, it didn't feel, it felt nowhere near as bad as I'd experienced when I was a kid. Mm. So I didn't feel uncomfortable in the house. Nothing happened, obviously. Sh you know, I think I said show yourself type thing, and thank <laughs> show God, show yourself. Thank, thank God nobody did, because um, I may have <laughs> been to the toilet a lot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so that sort of carried on. It's sort of, I don't know. We just sort of lived with it, I suppose. Went on, nothing, nothing happened there, mm. and then the kids were probably about three years old at this point, something like that. So they were talking. And, you know, occasionally on the monitor, you'd sort of hear them chatting away. Mm. <laughs> um, and sort of, okay, let's just leave them. They'll sort themselves out. And because they, they you know, twins, though, so they were... Um, oh, they're twins. They're, they're oh, twins. Um, and one, one evening, we were sort of sat, sat, sort of just watching TV or whatever. And we heard this conversation going on upstairs. And it was really weird. It was like they were talking to somebody, like the twins were talking to somebody. And it felt really weird. So we just sort of listened for a bit. Yeah. And then we just went, I think we need to go upstairs. So we sort of crept upstairs and poked our head round the door and said, who are you talking to? And they both pointed. And they went, We're talking to the girl in the curtains. <gasps> this story was oddly reminiscent of Emma's story in episode one. Two twin girls seeing something, talking to someone that a parent cannot see. So what transpired? Did you ask any more questions of the girls or did you leave it there? We just made very light of it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what you should do really, I guess. Because actually if there's, you know, again, there was, there was, they obviously felt comfortable mm. talking. They were having a conversation. There wasn't any um, malice or anything mm. from that They were spirit. quite comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, but and you were freaking out. I was freaking out. <laughs> Have you since asked them about it? Now they're obviously they're twenty one. Yeah. Now, right. So no, I, I spoke to Sophie earlier, and I said I was going to mm. tell this story about, and she said that she can't actually remember it. Mm. Apparently, these houses were um, people that had the plague mm. um, from London. Uh, were basically brought out here for quarantine purposes, and they used these houses. It was the there are now four houses, mm, but right. apparently it was eight. Mm -hmm. wow. So they're basically they're not two houses each each right. two. Okay. So we had a, a fireplace in the middle of the house, which was two sided. So. Originally, it would be one room downstairs and one room upstairs. Mm. 
and that, that was it. And no luxury if you had the plague. It clearly had an effect on, effect on it, it scared us. Yeah. On, on, on a certain level, but actually, you know, rationalised with it and went. It doesn't. It didn't feel like there was any malice. Mm-hmm. So actually, you might hear some footsteps every now and again. When you're sort of four or whatever, you you don't necessarily remember everything because it's just a story that gets repeated, mm. and you and you know it's talked about, and that was when this happened, and da da da. Um, but actually, experiencing experiencing that as an adult with your own children, um, that they will never remember it because they were too young. Um, was a completely different experience altogether because mm. actually you're then you're the ones making the decisions about how you're going to handle this and um, yeah it's quite mm. freaky It's of course possible to try and rationalise stories like this The house that Chris bought as an adult was a terrace Maybe the footsteps were somehow coming from the house next door or maybe not Maybe it really was an energy left over from an old plague house. Similarly, when I was a child, I used to see shapes and sometimes imagine faces in the patterns of my curtains. Maybe the twins were imagining something similar or talking to an imaginary friend. But part of what we're learning on this journey as we speak to different people is that it doesn't really matter. Maybe we can rationalize some of the story. Maybe we can't. People do have strange experiences. There's no doubt about that. But what's most interesting is how these experiences change people and often shape their lives going forward. Thank you so much to Chris and Emma for sharing another story with us.